We live in a world where everybody wants attention. We all want to be noticed. We all want to prove that we exist, that we matter. Social media is built on this premise that we have to try to make sure that people know we exist and that we are important. And in an effort to try to be that person who gets the attention, the person who gets noticed, we often feel like we have to prove ourselves as the smartest person in the room. We have to talk the most. We have to laugh the loudest. We have to be full of energy. We have to be full of information. We have to know everything. And we know people like that. Those people who, whether it's a cocktail party or a college party, whether it's a family reunion or whether it's a work after happy hour, there's that person who always talks, who always is the center of attention, the person whose guffaw can be heard from the next state over. And oftentimes we feel like that's the person we want to emulate, like that's the person who has it all, the power, the credibility, the reputation. That's the person we want to be like, even if we're not like that person. That's the pressure that we feel in today's society. But the agency taught me something different. The agency taught me that we should strive to be the dumbest person in the room. The person who speaks the least. The person who asks questions instead of telling information. The person willing to admit what they don't know instead of always trying to demonstrate what they do know. And there's specific advantages that come from being the dumbest person in the room. You see, the person who asks the questions is the person who usually gets forgotten. The person who quietly sits among the crowd is the person who gets overlooked. And the person who observes through their eyes and their ears is the person who gains the most information during that encounter. The agency knows, and all spies understand, that it's in your anonymity that you have the most power. You have the advantage of being unknown. I was recently at a birthday party for an art venue here in St. Petersburg. And while I was there, I had a chance to meet with a musician. Now it was an interesting week for me because earlier in that day I had met with a different musician, one that was not affiliated with the arts venue. So in one day I met with these two musicians and it just so happened that they were both guitarists, they were both about the same age, and they both claimed that they were trying to master their craft. Now the first musician, I asked, how he was trying to master his craft. And he said that he was creating this revolutionary machine that was going to allow him to manipulate any sound that his guitar could make. And that from that, he was going to create this new form of electronica that was going to capture audiences. And he talked about how much success he's had locally playing out on the street or playing out in bars or venues, but that he spent all of his time building this machine. He said he lived out of his car and a storage unit. 
and spent all of his time working on his machine. When I spoke to the second musician, I asked him how he planned on mastering his craft. And he said that he travels the world, making a living off of his music, but living in airports and a storage unit. And that every moment that he had, he spent practicing, playing out, or talking to other musicians, asking them about their music. The first musician had plans to audition for America's Got Talent here in Tampa. The second musician chose to play anywhere that would let him play. And as a result, the first musician is not making a living from his music. He's not even practicing his craft, he's building a machine. The second musician is living off of his music, traveling the world and mastering his craft. The first musician doesn't talk to anybody else, doesn't ask any questions. He's too busy telling everybody what he's doing. But that second musician has open ears. He talks to everybody and asks any question that he can ask to try to learn from them, to try to apply their wisdom to his own music. And even as he sat with me, I am not a musician, and his questions were brilliant as he asked me how I see the world, how I interact with music, what I like to listen to, what I don't like to listen to. Just the conversations with these two gentlemen showed me one person thought they were the smartest person in the room. The other one thought he was the dumbest person in the room. Now you tell me which of those two individuals you look forward to hearing play the guitar. Which one do you want to listen to? And that's the fascinating power of questions. That's what's so important about humility, about understanding that you are not as smart as you think you are, that you do not have to be the smartest person in the room. The agency teaches us how to ask questions and teaches us that the most important thing is to ask the right question. But questions have rules and you have to obey the rules of questions if you plan to get the best out of it. And the first rule is that nobody can multitask. Now there's a lot of people out there who might disagree with that rule and you're allowed to disagree, but hear me out. You cannot multitask. Nobody can. The human mind was not designed to multitask. When we talk about multitasking, what we're actually talking about is more like juggling. When a juggler juggles balls, they're only touching one ball at a time. The other ones are all in a controlled flight, but that juggler's only touching the one ball in their hand when they juggle. That juggler is not in control of all of the balls equally. He just or she happens to have them going through a trajectory, a controlled flight. That is not multitasking. Multitasking would be controlling all of the balls at once, essentially having hands on all of them at the same time. You can't do that. You have a limited number of hands. You have a limited number of minds as well. You cannot multitask when you ask questions. That means you have to choose, will you talk? Will you listen or will you think? 
when you ask questions, you have to do one of the three because you can't do all three at once and you can't do two of the three at once. You have to think about your question. Then you have to ask your question. And then you have to listen to the answer. Now what we try to do, what we tend to do, is we listen to the answer while we think about the next question. Well, guess what you're doing right there? You think that you're multitasking. Really what you're doing is you're thinking and not listening. The other thing that we tend to do is we tend to ask a question while the other person is still speaking. We're asking follow-up questions. We're completing sentences. Well, that just means that we're talking instead of listening because you can't do both at the same time. The other thing we tend to do is ask the question without thinking about it. We hear the conversation. We just finished listening and we roll right into the next question without thinking about how to connect the thoughts or what the context is of the conversation. So we skip over this important step of thinking so that we can go right from listening right into asking. And the last thing we do is we interrupt other people's conversations. We try to think and listen and talk all at the same time. We can't do that. When someone is speaking, we need to keep our mouth shut. We need to listen. And after we hear what they say, we have to think. Those are the rules to questions. If you follow those rules and you understand that you cannot multitask and you have to ask questions, you will learn that you can be the dumbest person in the room and you can be the person with the most advantage, the most power. We have to obey those three simple steps to asking questions that you either listen or you talk or you think, but you don't do any combination of them together. Now, why questions? Why are questions so powerful? What is it that we learned that you need to learn about questions? And it's simple. You see, questions are the way you control a conversation. People think that you control a conversation by being the one that talks. You want to talk about some subject, so you start to talk about some subject. You want to say something, so you say it. That the person who is speaking is the person in control. That is not the case. The person asking the questions is the person in control of a conversation at any given time. The person asking the question decides the topic of conversation. The person asking the question decides how deep the conversation goes. The person asking the question decides the pace, decides the timing, even decides who it is that's speaking. All power resides with the person who is asking the questions. Aside from that control, it's the person asking the questions that gets the information. It's the person asking the question who has the ability to index the information that they're receiving because they have already framed up the topic. And most important of all, the person asking the questions makes everybody around them feel good because everybody wants attention. And when you're the one asking questions, everybody around you feels like you are giving them your attention. Do you see the power of questions? You're the one in control. You're the one who retains your anonymity. You're the one that gets the most information. You are the one winning. You are the one with all of the advantages. That is the power of questions.
But we live in a world that thinks that you have to talk, and we live in a world that thinks that you have to be famous, and we live in a world that's constantly competing to be relevant. You don't have to be that person. All you have to do is stop, listen, and learn. You see, at that party, there will be one person who walks in thinking that they're the smartest person in the room. And when that person leaves, they will leave a trail behind them of people who feel isolated, people who feel talked down to, and people who feel ignored. And that smartest person in the room will eventually realize that there is nobody that wants to be around them. There is nobody to listen to their stories. That person is ignorant of their own ignorance. But the person who asks questions, that person will walk out of the party smarter, better known, and with a stronger network than they had when they first walked in. All of the spoils, all of the advantage goes to the one who asked the questions. The person who asked the questions is the dumbest person in the room. And the dumbest person in the room is the one who practices like the musician who practices. It's the person who listens like that musician who listens. And it's the person who practices their craft of asking questions and learning knowledge that ultimately allows them to unlock their potential. We all have the choice to pretend and pursue this idea that we are the smartest ones in the room or embrace the opportunity that comes from being humble enough to admit that we might be the dumbest person in the room. That is Everyday Espionage. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Espionage podcast. Remember to review and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And if you took something away from today's conversation, find a friend and share the message.